everybody. It is Dave and Jeff. It is September 8th, 2020, one day after Labor Day. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. You know, Dave, I was thinking about this, and I would, I would believe that most people that know us either just through radio or the podcast or actually have the pleasure of knowing us in real life would say one thing. If you were asked to describe Dave and Jeff, you would say loyal, yes, humble, modest, giving, uh, philanthropical. I mean, that's kind of who we are, right? I agree with everything you just said. I hope you would. But you know what I thought about tonight driving huh. down? I thought, we don't get enough credit from Steve Woods for being his only friends. That because is funny I'm going to point that. something came up out. today in my house. All right, I'm going to point Good. out, I'm going to be the one guy to recognize something that I guarantee nobody else has said to him. But I'm driving down and I'm listening to the Padre game. God, it was just great because they're hitting grand slams and Ted's telling me about 1947 TV. <laughs> and then, uh, And then we go to a break. And what I would like to know is, why is Steve mistreated at that radio station? Because the first ad lib I hear come on is Steve talking about manscaping and all the different ways you can shave your paint. <laughs> and I'm like, God dang it. That's a friend. That's a friend. And he's got to go on and tell Leisure Fryer how yeah. to clean up the old balls and strikes indicator. <laughs> and then... What happens, but uh, during the next break, oh, here's pretty boy Ben. And what's he doing? He's doing an appliance store. Oh, boy. Why does all the... Now, I know what Woods will say, because he's a toady. Hey, the check clears. Hey, I'm hey, I'm a big fan of those guys. Save it, all right? Just save your bullshit. Do you think they even came to Ben with it, or Ben just said, I'm not doing it, or they're saying there's no way this guy will do it? There's no way Ben's yeah. going to talk about shaving his taint. I would actually pay to listen to him do those commercials. Now that I just said it out loud, right? it was kind of funny. Yeah. Right. How about Coach? Coach doing it would be, oh, my God. Hey, what's going on downstairs there in the garden? <laughs> this is Coach John Cantera. <laughs> when my little Tory Pines falcon gets a little too brushy, I pull out the old manscaper. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Dude. Can you imagine? I thought that Odell Beckham story made me <laughs> nauseous. <laughs> I thought that story was the worst thing. By the, by the way, doesn't Odell Beckham tonight get Richard Gere and Rod Stewart completely off the hook? Oh, my gosh. That is crazy as shit, isn't it? What? <laughs> it, it is. That's the worst thing. Like, you can't. You can't shake that. No, okay, so here's the deal. For anyone who doesn't know what Jeff's oh, talking about. Don't go too far well, I won't. into detail. Basically, his thing is he gets turned on when people shit on him. Well, there you go. I just literally said you don't have to go too th far. Well, I didn't give get graphic on how he does things. Really? Yeah, I mean, that's it. I mean, there's some weird things out there. Like, I was thinking someone wants to get pissed on is kind of weird. But, dude, yeah. this is a whole nother level. I and Now, it came from a podcast, right? Yeah. It, I mean, you're just, you're done. Like, whether it's true or not, he's just like, and he plays for the Browns. Yeah. Man. 
Yeah, everyone's saying he's a true number two receiver. That's bad. I said to I said to Woods earlier. I go, Palais gets shit on every day. You don't see him crying. God damn, man. Listen, I'll, oh. You think his mom called him, Odell, what's wrong with you, baby? I, I don't know what. I just, I don't even know. Uh, it's such a crazy, crazy world right now. Yeah. Where this was the thing that set me off yesterday. And, and this isn't even... Whatever side of the aisle you're on, you may be all in on Biden, you may all be all in on Kamala Harris, or you may be all in on four more years of Trump and Mike Pence. Wherever you go, man, just vote. I'll, I'll support you, right? Doesn't matter to me. I'm glad, like I say to my friends all the time, uh, like, look, man, our, most of the people that really matter to me, our friendship runs a lot deeper than politics. So you may think I'm a dope. I, I may think you're a dope politically. But at the end of the day, I'd much rather be your friend and just talk about different things. But this story that came out in The Atlantic that Donald Trump has been disrespectful to the military, yeah. and I don't know why this – I have never seen any candidate – where the people are more blindly loyal than the Trump people. Like, Jim Jones is like, dude. Yeah, no kidding. And I, I, man, I don't get it, but I just kind of watch. And what he has said on video about John McCain should be all you need to go, yeah, this is, that's it. That's where I was at. Right. And to me, in a military town where we've been lucky enough, that, that just kind of rubs me the wrong way. It should run everybody the wrong way. Well, it should it rub should. everybody. I mean, I don't know anyone that says, man, I'm really against the military. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nobody that you want to hang out with. No way. And so, uh, and what he did is, I mean, not to go down that rabbit hole, it's much more disrespectful than what Colin Kaepernick did. Colin Kaepernick yes. had his own issues, but it was never military-based. So the Atlantic, and I, I, I don't know where you're at on the Atlantic, but the Atlantic comes out with this story, example after example after example of how he disrespects the military by not wanting to visit cemeteries, and they used unnamed sources. And then all of a sudden the story, which just blows my mind in 2020, it doesn't become, how does our commander-in-chief disrespect the military and we let this shit happen where nobody just knocks him on his fucking ass. Yeah. Instead, it becomes about the Atlantic and all of a sudden unnamed sources. Well, and no one around him denied it. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the big thing. No one around Donald Trump denied it. I mean, we don't talk politics very often, but to me, this isn't even politics. This is basically commander in chief saying that people who have died for this country, they're losers and suckers. Yeah. Yeah. You got captured. I I don't vote for I don't I don't celebrate losers. Yeah. Go into any Barnes and Noble and the current affairs section is nothing but books by respected members of the military, people with track records, journalists about what is going on in that White House. Yeah. And you go, God dang. Now the story with the Atlantic comes out. You read it, and I think now I don't know. Are we? Do we still? Does it still impact us, or have we just become callous to all the things we read? I don't think anybody read? changes their vote. I don't. No. Th I don't know anyone. I. I don't think. That, I don't know a person out there 
where it's going to change their vote. They already know where they're voting. Right. And so, but the story became over the weekend that, hey, you know what? The Atlantic's bullshit because they use anonymous sources. They caught Nick's in the same way. Dude, I'm just saying it's all people that have never spent a day in the fucking newsroom yeah. that don't know shit. And now all of a sudden they're going to give us all journalism 101 classes. Anonymous sources are how you get your stories. Yes. Because it's the people that are on the inside that either because they're your friend or they want to see change that will help you. I'll give you an example on a much smaller basis. Dave and I are out in Peoria, and we are out at Padre Murphy's betting the dogs and having a beer with Boach. Yep. Boach, in the middle of conversation, says to us, well, it's going to be pretty cool that Ricky's coming back. And we said, what? (laughs) And he said, what? That's what we did. And uh, we go, what'd you just say? Yeah. And he said, how about turning that down? I'm trying. Lakers won, by the way. Good. Well, you won't let me watch it because it scores fucking eight million to nothing against the Rockies, but you got to sit there and continue watching Padre highlights. Boach tells us before it's announced that Ricky Henderson is coming back to the Padres. Yeah. I said, can we go with that? He goes, yeah, just don't put my name attached to it. That's an anonymous source. He knows the story. Yep. If we go on the air the next day and say Bruce Bochy confirmed for us last night at Padre Murphy's while we're betting the one dog <laughs> that Ricky Henderson's coming back, now Boch has to answer to Kraz, Sean O'Neill. Kevin Towers, his bosses, Lucino. Kevin Towers. Think Lucino would be okay with that? No way. Right. Probably more that he gave it to us than anything else. It's an anonymous source. That's how it works. We had the story first. We had it right, and we got it from him. Yep. When Dave and I sat down the first baseline at Petco Park and we did the early, early pregame show, some of you dipshits would call and be like, hey, how's Sean Burroughs doing? What? (laughs) What? But you were fascinated by Sean Burroughs because he was going to be the next Brooks Robinson. Yep. And we're sitting there. It's not, it's before smartphones, but I had one of those Radio Shack sports pagers. Yeah. Remember that thing, Dave? And you know who had the number to that thing? Larry Lucchino. And Larry Lucchino would send me text messages during the day. Sean Burroughs hitting 265 at double A, five home runs, and would do this. That's yeah. who Larry Lucchino is. Yeah. Like, if, if you're wondering, like, who does that? Larry would do that. And Dave and I loved him for just being so good to us and still to this day. And Larry would do that, and we would say, man, we have an intern, Larry. This guy is going to have the best future in baseball. And he loved it. Yeah. I can't go on and go, oh, hey, Larry Lukin. I mean, I probably could have, but Dave and I can't go on and go, Larry just texted us. It's an anonymous source. It's how it works. And the other thing is, if I get a story from an, a source and I can't identify them, there's layers to the onion. I have to go to my boss. Now, if you're the Atlantic, you have to go to your editor and then to your publisher, and you have to say, look, I have this from a credible source that this is what happened 
A, B, C, D in the White House. Well, who's your source? Well, you have to tell your publisher and your editor. Now they have to make the decision. Well, what do you have to back it up? Well, four different people have said the same thing, that this happened. Well, how do they know? They were in the car, and they were in the car, and they heard it. The editor and the publisher now have to look and go, if we go with this thing and it's wrong, we're dead. Yeah, I'm out of a job. You're out of a job. The reporter's out of a job. And whatever credibility we have, that is a lot. And for people to just go, oh, it's just a hatchet job. You don't know shit. You don't know what those discussions are like because Dave and I have sat there, not with stories for us. We sat in there in newsrooms, whether it was Kogo or KFMB or Channel 8, and watched as these stories came together when the reporter was convinced they had enough and the editor would say, go get another one. And these dumb motherfuckers that are so blindly loyal, it just makes me insane. Yeah. Because you're like, dude, what does it take? At what point will you possibly say, you know what? Maybe my guy's not the right guy. Right? Yeah. Maybe my guy's not the right guy. At what fucking point do you look in the mirror? Are you a fucking parent? Like, I just look at that and go, dude, I don't care. Yeah. But ultimately, you have to set an example for your kids or your family. Who gives a shit about me? I don't care. I I just mute you out. But if you had a goddamn clue or if you'd ever sat in one of those meetings to see what goes back and forth before it either gets on the air or it gets in print, then I don't know. Maybe you're still this way. But it's just the funniest shit in the world. Listen, you can, I'll tell you all day long, Fox is biased, but so is MSNBC. Yes. I get it. The Hunter Biden story, fascinating. I bet there were a bunch of anonymous sources in that. Just like there is for this. Uh, people go, well, what about Clinton? I, absolutely. I want to know what Bill Clinton was doing on, on the island, but what was Trump doing on the island? Yeah. I want to know He's for both He's in the pictures, too. Right. <laughs> I look at that, I go. Why people always say that. I'm like, do you understand? There are pictures with him, right. too. Right. Like, people are like, dude, Bill and Hillary are shady. I'm like, dude, why? Tell me what happened. Like, yeah. what? And who's covering that up? If that's the case, I want to know. I want to know both sides. But it's just this goddamn blind loyalty where you go, dude, what are what would it yeah. honestly take? In the last four years, so many people have attacked the media. And you're right. You and I have seen firsthand how hard it is to do that job. That's not Jeff and I really never had that job outside of sports, which is basically we can tell you trades that were going to happen before they happen. We're opinion. Yes. They're news. Yeah. So it's, it's a big damn difference. I broke one major story. OK. In my life, I broke Steve McNair's murder suicide. Right. And the way it worked out, because it didn't make sense to the people at ABC, because ESPN and ABC are the same people. There's a guy in Chula Vista on the 4th of July that calls Connecticut and says Steve McNair is is dead on a murder-suicide. Yeah. How do you know? And then they they think it's insane. How does a guy in San Diego know what just happened in Nashville, Tennessee? Yeah. And my connection was a kid I grew up with was a fireman who was the first one on the scene who found the body and contacted me. Yeah, I called them. You know what they did? They turned around and contacted the ABC affiliate in Nashville, who became the second source. Correct. Who ran with the story. You think ESPN's going to run on Sports Center with my asshole said in Chula Vista? It doesn't work that way. You need multiple sources. But they had the story first because I started the transition. They got their second source when they sent someone from the newsroom at ABC in Nashville. Boom, the story's on there. It's a major story. Channel Eight got fried, fried 
because they took a call in the newsroom and uh, it was a person posing as our friend Billy Devaney who got to the sports producer and said, hey, this is Billy Devaney. I'm just letting you know Mike Riley's been let go tonight. Yeah. The producer, in his eagerness, gives it to Ted, said Billy uh, Billy Devaney just called. Mike's been fired. Ted has said openly, he goes, man, I went with it, and I I should have double-checked it. Mike hadn't been fired. Dave and I happened to be on the air that night from Sports City Cafe. With who? With Mike Riley. (laughs) And I said to Mike on the air, I said, hey, have you been fired? No, not yet. I said, well, lock the door. We got 55 minutes to go, and I don't have plan B. So don't let anybody come in there until 8, then you can do whatever you need to do. Then, this is why I, I get some of the frustration with the media. John Maffey wrote a sports media column for the North County Times. Calls me while Dave and I are sitting with Ramon out at uh, Sports City. Hey, what happened? And I go, you know what, John? I wasn't in the building tonight. I've been here. You would have to talk to the guys on duty at Channel 8. Well, that was all John needed for him to write on Friday a quote from me. Hey, look, we got to be better. And I, oh, I tore Mafia new. I go, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) I didn't say that, you cock. Well, yeah, no, I'm sorry. Ted's like, what? (laughs) Yeah, you told Ted he has to be better. Well, somebody had to. It just wasn't me. So I get that. Dave, you're eating an all-American turkey sub. Right. And someone's calling Ted saying, Jeff just said from La Jolla that you need to be better. <laughs> and I think I was doing mornings at that time. Oh, with yeah, him. you only had to see him 12 hours later. Fuck. And Frank Anthony. Hey, hey. <laughs> What are you doing? To, and who the hell read that Maffy column? Everybody, apparently. God damn. I was dancing like Mr. Bojangles. <laughs> but Holy I, shit, I forgot all about that, man. Remember that? Yeah, oh, I remember it perfectly now that you brought it up. It's so fucking funny. But it's, It wasn't funny at the time. But to me, like I want to hear I want to hear all of it. Yeah. And then make your decision. That's the way it should be. But when you think about people you have voted for over the years, right? Oh, yeah. I've, I've voted for assholes that yeah. I'm embarrassed. I told you I voted for Schwarzenegger the second time. Right. And, and you go through and you go, God dang it, man. Come on. God dang it. That never happens. Yeah. And it just shocks me. Dude, it's the checks and balances. What happened to that? That's why when they do these debates, if we ever see a debate, you got to have live fact checking right there. You got to yeah. know who's bullshit and who's like not. Like pop up video, have yeah. Adam Curry show up. It would be great because I mean, again, I don't know how many people are changing their vote by the, any debate. Everyone kind of knows where they're going, but still, if you have live fact checking, you know, and and you, no. here's the deal. I mean, you know, Jeff and I were just talking about Twitter before we turned on the mics. Dude, I have I have tried his move. People always will say, "Oh, you're trying to be Skip Bayless." I've tried Trump's move on Twitter, yeah, and it fucking works perfect. You just say something crazy, you yeah. don't respond. And you see what happens, and then some people will go, Are, is any of this fact? 
And yeah, I've, I've literally thrown out a bullshit stat. Just made it up. Want to see what would happen. And you know what? It fucking works like a charm. Yeah. And and that's exactly what he does. It, it's genius. And then you you call fake over here first. Yeah. You call, much fake. Yeah, you call fake first and you go, well, mine must be true. He called fake. And and Dave, the one thing we we do, and we always pretty much catch ourselves, there's not everybody in that. There's not everybody in, in the Trump fan club that that's that, – Oh, of course, I agree. No, no, no. we, we, as you There's, said right at the beginning, we have a tons of friends who are. I, to be honest with you, I have more friends who are Trump supporters than non-Trump supporters. I do too. Yeah, and as I always say, uh, while I have major questions, I don't have questions about them. Yeah, they're. That's why, like on Facebook, or right, somebody writes something, you have to look at it, you go whatever. But then I look at. Uh, I had friends, man, I, there's a group of guys from San Diego that are all in. But the thing is, like, you read some of their stuff and you go, this is just weird, borderline crazy. But then I look, I go, but I've known these dudes for 30 years. Yeah. And there's a lot of really good water under that bridge. Would I kick these guys to the curb or not want to be friends with them just because of that? No. I'm doing it right now on the racism part. Where pe- people are blatant racist. Where people are defending shooting a guy seven times in the back. Unbelievable, right? And I'm like, uh, off Facebook. I don't need to deal with these people. That's what I might do. How many friends do you have on Facebook? Right you now, have- it's ridiculous. It's, yeah. it's like over 2,000. But it's it's the it's the ones that are just blatant racist that I'm like, what the hell happened to you? And then you're going to tell me you go to church every Sunday? Yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, those are the same people that are ripping gay people, too. You know? And, yeah. and it's, it's, I'm, I'm done with that. Well, done. it's frustrating because I read a, uh, an interview today in the New York Post with Tom Brenneman. Yeah. Guy that I've known for 25 years. I think very highly of him. And uh, and Tom's going around, and his story is that he's never used that word before. Yeah, come on, man. Yeah. Come on. What you do, well, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to tell Tom how to do it. But I think there's plenty of people, myself included, I, I won't speak for anybody else, who have used that word, f- very, just disregard it, right? Yeah, Being funny or whatever. And really, while you know of it as what it is, slander against the gay community, we may not have known how deeply that word cuts. Yes. And then you find out, and you immediately feel like, God dang, man, yeah. right? Be better. Find something else to do that. Don't be like that. And if Tom had come out and said, yeah, man, I've used that. I sure didn't mean it to be as hurtful as it is. But boy, have I learned a lesson the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And I will do everything I can to earn back the respect of the gay and lesbian community by doing whatever they need me to do. Because it's a shame that I've that I just when I've used it, I sure didn't mean it. But boy, have I learned instead of coming out and saying, oh, I've never used it before. I don't know where it came from. Bullshit. See, that's the wrong thing to say. I mean, here's the deal. You can watch almost any of your favorite 80s movies. And it's in those movies. Right. It was just the way it was 30, 40 years ago. Well, so I'm listening the other day. uh, Classic rock. Yeah comes on and Rod Stewart pops up. Every picture tells a story. 
If you remember, whatever it was, 20 years ago, they did a really cool thing on MTV. Ron Woods sat in. It was unplugged. Remember they had Nirvana and all those cool bands that unplugged, and Rod Stewart, Ronnie Wood were playing, and one of the highlights of the night was Every Picture Tells a Story. That song comes on. In the middle of it, the lyric is basically something to the effect of fell in love with a slant-eyed lady. Yeah. And you go, all right, now if you're singing that song today, if you're Rod Stewart. Oh, you weren't, it's not on the radio. No, it was on, it was yeah. on Sirius XM. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not released. No. And you look at that, you go, you're changing that, right? Like, you're just changing that. And I don't know. Dude, David Bowie had My Little China Girl. Right. Kung Fu Fighting. Carl Douglas. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of shit. That there are, are historic songs that well, you go, what the fuck? Well, movies and TV yeah. and different shit you see. That's why Tom should have said, times have changed and I should have changed quicker. You know, yeah. something. Yeah. And, man, do I regret it. Yeah. Man, and, do I regret it. And it's not... And, and to Tom's credit, he said, look, I said it, I have to own it, and I have to be better. Um, and a lot of people in the gay and lesbian community in Cincinnati who have met with Tom have rallied around him and said they don't feel like he should lose the reg jobs. Uh, John Fokey got fired yeah. from the Carolina job. And a guy columnist from the New York Post came out and said that was a terrible thing to fire him. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I know John. I don't know John, but we talked about the fact that he had he had been the in-studio guy for Al Horton for yeah. the Timberwolves. Does an excellent job. There's no way for John to get back on a team flight. Yeah. To go out in the community to do anything after what happened. And I I've seen a lot of people that have said a lot of things about him that I don't I don't think they know John. Like I said, I don't, but one of our closest friends speaks very yeah. highly of him. Yeah, first hand. Yeah. But I I think in my opinion, John probably knew right then. I can't get back on the flight. Oh yeah. I can't I can't go into practice. I can't do anything. No, even if Black Lives Matter wasn't going on right now, you still yeah. couldn't do it. I mean, the league's eighty percent black. He has no chance. No. The owner's Michael Jordan. Right. And and that's the thing. And it's heartbreaking. It's sad. Holy I, shit, man. You work your ass off your whole life to get to that one point and you had the job in its first year and you're done. And you're yeah. never getting another one. Nope. The only thing nope. that might save Tom is Tom's had the job for over thirty three years and that his dad's in the Hall of Fame and and he's loved in that city that maybe he gets a second he chance. He is to an extent, but but not by everybody. Like Marty, Marty was grandfathered in, but in Cincinnati, Tom's got a little bit of what Chip Carey dealt with in Chicago. When Chip went in, and Glenn Geffner could speak to this better than I could, but it was going to be pretty exciting for him to go in and to work with his grandfather and be part of that. Harry passed away in February. They never got the chance to do it. But, man, the Cubs fans and Kyle Pfluger and, and other buddies of ours that know it better, boy, they had yeah. no time for Chip. Chip got ran out of there. Yeah. And that's a that's a tough thing when you come in and, and on your name. Now, Chip's been in Atlanta. Yeah, for a long time. And doing a great job. Yeah. And 
I don't know enough Braves fans to, to, to tell you what, what they feel of him. Now, that goes in where his dad was part of a legendary crew. Yeah. But but I love that group that they have down there doing Braves games. You and I have the yeah. MLB package. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think Chip's great. I do too. Chip has that weird body. Chip, yeah. Chip David Aldridge, and uh, Dan Aykroyd. I'll have that weird, Dan same body. Aykroyd. They all have that weird body where they they have like that giant waist and giant ass. But when you yeah. see them on TV, you're sitting they, at a desk, they look thin. They look thin in the well, shoulders. You've been hitting the weights. Yeah, and then they stand up. You're like, what the fuck happened? What's going on? There? <laughs> So, crazy body. I remember the first time I saw David Aldridge. I was the same thing. I was like, what the fuck? Man, this is weird. Yeah. This is some weird shit going on here. Uh, I want to ask you a couple of Padre questions. Yeah, two things. Will Myers, two home runs tonight, including a grand slam. Yeah. I wonder how he feels if he even noticed that over the weekend, in a couple of different reports, as they look ahead to the offseason for the Padres, talking about a lot of these players are under contract, Myers has got to be nationally comeback player of the year. And everything you read, they're like, and in the offseason, the Pods will try to move him again. That's funny. Unless you're Will Myers. But you look at that. You and I watch this team all the time. Yeah. He is a completely different guy than he has been. Is that 100%? I can't say 100%. Do you think it's Andy Green? I was just going to ask, Dave. See, I don't, I don't, I, my feelings, no. Honestly, what I think is there's so much star power now on this team, he's still not looked at. He never wanted to be the guy. He, and now you have all these other guys that are bigger names than him. You know? I mean, there are a lot of big names. Yeah. Even Cronenworth is going to win Rookie of the Year. Yeah. And he's a bigger name right now than, than Myers is. I mean, Myers is having... A hell of a year. Here was always my issue with Will. Not the fact the money. You know, I'm not paying a dime. I'm watching yeah. most of these games on TV. I, I go to maybe three games at Petco Park a year, but I'm watching every one of his games. I think I've seen 99.9% of every game he's played in a Padre uniform. My my problem was always effort. Yeah. I would watch him when they move him to left field, and he would walk from the dugout to left field and then walk off the field. And then fucking his bullshit at bats, and he would drive me crazy. And I would always thought – I wonder if he went to a contender, if Will would be good. Like, if you put right. him on the Yankees if he'd gone or the to Red Boston. Sox. Yes. If he'd gone to Boston, they'd made the Mookie deal. Yeah. And he's having the year in Boston that he's having here. Well, now, we, because Boston's so shitty, he'd no, probably be it. shitty again. But I'm just saying, with a big organization and a big team, I always thought, I mean, the Padres honestly thought they were getting uh, a five-tool guy. That's yeah, they what thought they, they thought were getting they're getting Trout. Yeah, you're getting Trout, you're getting Bryce I mean, Harper or something. But you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. You're getting one an, an elite athlete in this sport. Sure. And he just didn't show it outside of 2016 when he made the all-star team. But he's been a big fucking waste of space, and we all hated his guts. And it was, you know, hurt or stupid or whatever else was going on. And now you look at him, and, and yeah, you mentioned comeback player of the year. You could have made the argument before Hosmer broke his hand that, that hey, maybe he could have won it too. But, yeah, Will Myers is playing great baseball. And, again, he's not even the first five guys you talk about on this team right now. He hits low in the order. But the thing that we're seeing, Dave, is the thing that I always said about Myers, and he's turned it around, is the at-bats that he has are meaningful. Two grand slams in the first inning, unbelievable. Second home home run later on tonight. What about this? Because the other thing that is talked about over and over again, and I'll give credit to Ted. Yeah. Talking about the amount of pitches that this team's taken. Damien Easley? I mean, Damian Easley is the hitting coach on this team. You're yeah. seeing this be a much more patient lineup than any lineup I can remember in a long, long time. 
when you have young guys in the lineup too, it's, I mean, if you want to look at 98, you go, okay, well, 98, it's Vaughn, it's Ricky, it's Finley, it's Tony. Yeah. It's Joyner, it's Caminetti. I mean, Gomez, it's a lot of veteran guys on that team. And Carlos Hernandez behind the plate. They were all guys that had been around. If you go, Merv Rettman made the difference. But Damien Easley in his first year as hitting coach might be the only guy that, that survives for a second year. And when you look at the difference in Myers, when you look at the difference in Hosmer, if you want to look at Machado, if you want to look at the continuing development of Fernando Tatis, how selective they are at the plate, doesn't he deserve some of the credit? Yeah, I, I, I agree. But at the same time, this is what the good teams have been doing in baseball. I mean, this is what yeah. the Dodgers will say was their success, only swinging at strikes, taking a shitload of pitches, swinging at strikes, get the starting pitcher out of the game. And the Padres look like they finally caught on to what is successful baseball and good at bats. I mean, honestly, how many times outside of Machado where he did it against Dustin May and did it again last night, how many times do you see guys on the Padres swing at crazy balls? Yeah. You don't. Not they're, often. They're, they're swinging at strikes for the most part. They're at bats, every one of them. Yeah. From one through nine are good at bats. Do you think it, it would have been a situation where they bought into it, whether it was through summer camp and the first month, and then started to see results, and then more guys bought in, and more guys, a bit of a snowball effect. I just, I, I look at it and you go, man, there's so many things that feel different about this team. Oh, it's a lot different. And with, I mean, outside of last week when a lot of the personnel changed, look at Clevenger, man. Clevenger comes in tonight, and I get it. There's nobody there, but you give up a three-run homer to Arenado. Yeah. In the first last week, you lose two to nothing, and you gotta you just you just want to be part of this team, yeah. like. And then all of a sudden you go and you're I don't know what Clevenger's thinking as he walks off the field, and then this team comes out and scores five with the Myers Grand Slam. The bench goes crazy for a guy like that. Not only what it meant to Clevenger tonight, Dave, who only goes five because he threw close to ninety pitches. It's a, unbelievable. But what does that mean for him in the next start, right? Where you kind of get you get yeah. that first win, you know that offense picks you up, you kind of get a little bit of that burden off your shoulders. It feels like what Pagan went through when Pagan got those first two saves. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, because so much of it's the mental game, I'm uh, be fascinated to see how Clevenger does with his next outing. Yeah, I, you know what? I think uh, the jitters should be gone. He already pitched. Stop his, squeezing his, his, the ball. Yeah, right? he pitched his first game already against the Angels. As you said, didn't go his way, but he did fine. And then tonight was his home debut, even though it wasn't in front of fans. He's still wearing a different uniform and yeah. di different ballpark. It, all the jitters should be gone. And he, he, what, he didn't pitch poorly. He just One of the best players in baseball, he had a three-run shot off him. Right. And then he was fantastic the rest of the way. He's he's really fucking good. I Boy, mean, that he, breaking he just ball? Is, yeah. Like, there's so much movement. He's so goddamn jittery I, I can't you know all these Padre fans on Twitter I think if he put out hey who wants to come blow me right now fucking they'd be lining up with Woods being right in front I, I've never seen anything like it with this fan base unbelievable but that that uh you only have one concern I think on this Padre team right I now. I know exactly go yeah. ahead no, it's Paddock I mean he's your only concern right now on this entire roster which is so weird thinking how the season was gonna go for me with Paddock what I look at is what we just talked about with Clevenger and a little bit of what we talked about with Pagan. To me, there's mechanics, right? It feels like mechanically he may not be right, but 
I think he's so far inside his own head that that might be part of the problem. Now, they made a great the uh, Ted and Jesse were talking about the job that Jay Stingler has done. And the example that they used was Trent Grisham and how the other day Grisham just was out of it, a little yeah. out of it, and not just, you know, he's out of his groove. And Tingler said to him, I'm giving you a day, giving you a day, just kind of recharge the battery. Comes out three hit game, three hit game, another hit, two hits, yeah. back on base, and all of a sudden he's just flying. Better than right? ever. Yep. Yeah. Just rolling and gives him a chance to kind of get going. I mean, you look at where this team is today, and I heard Darren talking about it. If um, if you if playoffs were to start tomorrow, I think Daniel Jeremiah asked him, what's your three-man rotation? It's, it's simple. I think it's what we would all say. He said Clevenger, Lamette, and Zach Davies. Yes. Pretty good. But for Paddock, I don't know. I don't know where you go right now, right? Honestly, I don't see how you put him on the playoff roster. You aren't gonna you aren't gonna use him in the rotation for the postseason. You only need really four guys as you go further in, which would be Garrett Richards. Yeah, you don't want him and coming out of the bullpen. No, he sucks in the first inning every time he pitches anyway, so you can't have him come out of the bullpen. I don't think you put him on the roster. And just shut him down. You shut him down and say, Let's we'll see in the spring and you get a ring if we can pull this thing off. But how can you honestly and look, we all want it to work. No one more yeah. so than the Padres. But look, your goal is to win games. I mean, you yeah. you, we, you and I are watching a game right now. It's fourteen five and eighth. You just saw Jace Tingler make a pitch and change. Yeah, give me the ball. There's no conversation. Hey, I'm no. sorry to do this to you. It's big league baseball. Yeah, just give me the ball. We're making a change. I don't know because I don't follow enough on social media, so I don't know what happened between his brother or anything else going on. But it just. Seeing enough and being able to piece, you know, put the pieces together. There's no goddamn way in my mind. I'm the brother's out of his mind. The brother's absolutely out of his mind if he thinks this city has quit on Chris Paddock. Chris Paddock, no, they have Chris Paddock, not like they have on Austin Hedges. It wasn't like that. Perfect example. We couldn't wait to get that yeah, moron out of town. Exactly. And I, oh my god. <laughs> The guy, I exactly nobody, Dave, that I that I can think of. While you're right, I think there's a lot of us that would say, "Hey, Chris, sorry, man. Ninety-eight's been a long time, brother. That's twenty-two years." And while we've had a few short playoff visits since then, hey, you're just not, you're just not, you got to be the guy. Yeah, like there's no free passes, but we still want you to be the guy. Like, yeah, we, we believe you're in not you. Randy it, Myers in 98 yeah. Yeah. or anybody else. No, no, we believe in you and you're going to be a big part of this organization. It's just right now we got to go with the top four and these top four guys have outpitched you. Yeah. And now it's, hey, look, a year ago, we're wondering where's the money going to come when you need to re-sign Tatis and you need to re-sign yeah. Paddock. Exactly right. And you got to have to re-sign Gore. Well, you're not going to see Gore this year. And Paddock is off, and hopefully you can find a way. I thought Darren Balsley's still in the organization, too, yeah, right? Yeah, he is. They say he is. I mean, yeah, if he's I, in the organization, don't you call him? I don't know. Or is that disrespectful I, to Larry Rothschild? It is. It's disrespectful to pitching coach. You know, I've, I don't know. I don't know what goes on with Larry Rothschild. I didn't know what happened with 
with Ballsley either. But at the yeah. same time, I remember following our friend Steve Wood's tweets, ripping the fuck out of Larry Rothschild with the Yankees every boy, goddamn oh day. And the Yankees made a move, and the Padres went and picked him up. And things have changed. You brought it up with the hitting approach. Things have changed yeah. in pitching, too. I mean, the Yankees hired a high school pitching coach. You know? I mean, they decided to go. This is the new way things go. You, things evolve. And Larry Rothschild's an old guy. And look, other guys have had success. I'm not ripping the fuck out of him. I'm just saying I don't know what's going on. All I know is it's not working with Chris Paddock this year. My feeling with Chris Paddock, again, is yeah, he needs to develop a third pitch. But he um, he's so around that square all the time. I think if he brushes a couple guys back and, and makes them feel a little bit uncomfortable in that box, maybe he'd be more effective. I just wonder something. It's a combination of things. But they got to find a way to hit what he's, he's lost his mojo. Oh, yeah. Like so much of that kid's game, what was so fun was just the swagger that he had when he came to the mound. And – and he wasn't going to be beat. And, man, he just doesn't look like the same guy. If Myers and and Machado look like different players for a positive, yeah. then the flip side of that coin is what you're seeing in Paddock. But just kind of some of the stuff that I was picking up over the weekend that is feeling like Paddock feels like people are starting to quit. Stop. Yeah, I don't want to hear that. Yeah, don't, don't. No. Nobody's that done shouldn't that. Be, that shouldn't be his concern anyway. Don't worry about what everybody thinks. But you know what? Be a professional. You, you might call your brother on the way home and go, "Fuck!" That looks like it feels like the whole city's turned on me, dude. What do you want? Just pitch well. That's your job. That's all you gotta do. Stop reading. Stop reading the paper or your Twitter feeds. Just stop. Yeah. If you're a painter, yeah, and you keep missing a spot, <laughs> right? We're gonna call you on it. If you're a landscaper and you don't come mow the fucking lawn for five weeks, yeah. you're gonna get a call or you're gonna get fired. It's what you do. Yeah, this is not a last place team. This is a really, really good fucking team. Well, and this is a special year. I mean, it is. It, this is such a special year that if they don't win the World Series at this point, it's disappointing because we're all hyped up. This is the best baseball we've seen in 22 years. There are p- plenty of Padre fans out there right now who aren't even 22. If I'm Chris Paddock, I'm looking at one thing. Yeah. And it's not Twitter. What I'm looking at is what my GM and what the ownership did last week. When they started running guys out of here on a team that, for the most part, is exceeding expectations. Yes. And it was still wasn't good enough. Yeah. That's why Quantrill and Hedges and everybody else, Ty France, find them all. Yeah. We're packed up and shipped out of here. We overhauled the catchers. We went and got a starter. We went and got a guy to be you. He's got long hair, and he... He's the sheriff now. <laughs> Give him your badge, asshole. <laughs> That's the new sheriff. That guy came in. Clevenger came in. It was like that yeah. scene in that movie with Tom Hanks. I'm the captain now. Yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> I'm the captain now. Look at me. Look at me. I'm the captain now. You go downstairs and make me a grilled cheese. And you know what you do? You get your ass down there you make him a grilled cheese until you can throw a fucking strike, kid. <laughs> But nobody quit on you. It's just, I don't know, uh, this whole thing. The funniest guy to me today on social media was Trevor Rosenthal, who said, uh, is a California burrito Tex-Mex? And people are like, I think Brady wrote Trevor. All he wrote was just Trevor. (laughs) Brady just called him out. That guy's funny as shit. Are you watching this shit? Trevor Rosenthal? Yeah, every time I look at it, I'm like, 
dude, Phil Hughes thinks you're too nice of a guy. Like, what are you doing? You know? It's so funny. <laughs> but, but I feel bad for Paddock because... Well, of course, we all do. I mean, shit. I mean, how many rookies have their own gear in the Padre team store? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, everybody wants to see him do well. Again, every single person who's a Padre fan wanted to see this kid do well. And he's just run into a bad stretch. And it's not now it's not only just against the good teams. He's just having a hard time. But, I mean, it's just the way it is. But you're going to need that guy to rally back. Yeah, he is. He's a big part of this team, this organization's future, which is great. I mean, yeah. Dude, everyone else in that or everyone else in that rotation has outpitched what we thought. Nobody yeah. saw Lamette being one of the best pitchers in baseball, right? Right. I mean, nobody saw Garrett Richards even staying healthy. No. No one saw Zach Davies doing what he's doing. I mean, they've all exceeded expectations. It's it's Paddock, who we all thought was the ace, is not the ace this this year. But M- I, maybe in a couple years, maybe next year. Who knows? But I think it's fair to say, hey man, there are guys that are coming. More yeah. hones coming. Patino, whether you're going to keep him in the pen or a starter, at some point Gore's going to be here, and who knows who else. So figure it out. Yeah. Like, we want you to be the guy. Nobody's cheering against you, but there's no scholarships. Yeah. He's, he's only 24 years old, man. You know? Yeah. He's only 24. There's there's time to to get him right, and I'm sure we're going to see a different guy next year. It's it's funny. I was thinking about it because the Padres are making a run. Dodgers, I think, are about to lose their third straight game as we do this show. And you go, well, how important is first place in the NL West? Well, it does make a difference on who you're going to face in that three-game series. I mean, and, and I might be wrong in this, but last time I looked, the Dodgers would face the Rockies and the Padres would face the Phillies. Okay. And, I mean, you don't want to face the Phillies, you no. know? I mean, it would, it, the only good story out of it would be Aaron and Austin Nola would play against each other for the first time in their lives, the, the brotherly love series. But otherwise, who gives a fuck? They still have a pretty good lineup in Philadelphia, and you don't want to yeah. see those guys compared to what the Rockies have on their pitching side. So, yeah, it is something to win the National League West. You know, Dave, why I like that Philly series? I like it because I feel like as a Padre fan, we've had situations in the past where you've beat up on teams. Yeah. And then you get to a meaningful game. And go, and I, I'm not saying with this team. just feels like our guards come down. Chargers, right? Yeah. Think about teams that they played i i kind of like the idea that while the travel win would be kind of a drag especially for three i don't know how that would work i guess san diego may i don't know how the phillies are doing san diego may do they get all three here it's all weird stuff but i don't think you get all three fuck i don't know i guess the postseason would be right didn't they i'm complete now you just got me back on track okay so the national league playoffs would be in texas and in houston and the American League playoffs would be in Los Angeles and San Diego. That's the rumor of what was going on. Wow. So, basically, it's not like they're traveling to So, you're going to bubble. Yeah, you're going in a bubble. Okay. That'd be all right. That's what's uh, – Bubble's been great for the NBA, been great for the NHL. It, it has. It's worked out really well. And worked you, out even for the WNBA. It's worked out for everybody. Um, but if The you, Phillies right now are – I mean, the hot Padres are fucking ridiculous. I think they've won 16 of their last 21 – and the Phillies right now, who were in last place two weeks ago, are in second place. I mean, they're playing they're playing very well too. But it's uh, it, again, you, you want to make the postseason. That this Padre team with the, what you just went through in the rotation, I'll take them over the Phillies rotation. I uh, I'd like to see it, but I mean, man, ownership's all in. Yeah, management's all in. You, you gotta you gotta be one of the guys that are that are going out there. And deciding games each night, because if you're not, you can get the fuck out of here. 
<laughs> Fuck you. Who? <laughs> Can you imagine? I mean, that's the way he felt. Yeah. Like it sucks that he that he feels that way. I just I'd be shocked. Did anybody has anybody given up on Paddock? No. I mean, in the sense, Dave, like get him out of here. No, I put on Twitter the other day. I can't believe people are actually uh, sending this guy applications to join the sheriff's department because he can't pitch anymore. No, that never happened. I just made that up. All right, here's what's weird when you talk about st- <laughs> when you talk about stats. Okay. Okay. The Nationals are horseshit. But yeah. The two best hitters basically in the National League right now are Trey Turner and Juan Soto. Dude, Trey Turner's amazing. insane right now. They're, yeah. they're, but but it shows you that you know the the batting average and and the amount of hits it, it doesn't exactly mean a lot. But yeah, Trey Turner's having just a a crazy fucking year. But thank God nobody's going to hit 400, right? Yeah, you're right. Here's here's the other crazy deal is every team in the National League West outside of the Diamondbacks, who I loved going into the season, is going to make the playoffs. The Giants right now would make the fucking playoffs. Gabe Kapler. Yeah, <laughs> dude, he might be your manager of the year. They had nothing on that fucking team. Dude. Brandon Belt right now leads like all of Major Baseball, Major League Baseball and OPS. Kapler, Kapler could be. Yeah, I thought Don Mattingly a week ago. I told you, but now it could be okay. Kapler. Tingler's in the mix. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's executive of the year. Oh, dude, it has to be AJ. Can you imagine? Which is funny as shit. I would give it to AJ. God, he turned over thirty percent of his fucking team when they're already playing well, just like you said. It's uh, and got better. Yeah, and the guys that he's gone out, yeah, and picked up, making contributions like the the bench guys, right? Yeah, like. Yeah, really fun, man. It pods is. Pods win again. Pods, uh, pods win again. Can you push the back button and see how bad yeah, Dodgers I are losing? Don't, oh, yeah, let's get that taken care of. That's my number one priority. What are you doing here? Just shut up. Jesus Christ. God damn it. <laughs> your shit. Oh, dude, I got I to gotta tell you a funny story real quick. So uh, the, let me hear it. So this weekend I was uh, in Mesa, Arizona. How was that? It was fucking Sounds br- fun. <laughs> it was so fucking bad. It was so fucking hot. Um. And so we're in uh, we're in Mesa, Arizona, and we're playing in an 18U tournament. Like I, have, I have three teams there, but um, none of the kids on my teams are even close to 18. But the kids on the how other, old are they? My kids are 15, 16. But we, now, I make, shouldn't they be in school? Yeah, they're in school, but they they missed school to go play. They missed one day of school. Then okay. they then we got back last night. So um, we're playing this team from LA, and I'm I'm coaching first base. I'm not the head coach for this one team, and I'm talking to the kid at first. Nicest kid I've ever met in my life. Okay, and he he's I go hey man how you doing? He goes I'm good. He goes I'm from I'm from Los Angeles. Where are you from? I go well I was born in LA but I'm a San Diego guy. San Diego's beautiful. Good for you says to me. <laughs> and I said thanks. <laughs> then he says to me he goes you know I I lost a hundred pounds. And I go you did? And he goes uh, he goes yeah. And I go how did you do it? I heard my coach in his voice he was going to cut me because I was fat. And I said Tommy. You got to get it together, and I did. And I was like, "No, man, Damn, good for dude. you, good for you." So, th- this kid was like Sean Casey, you know, like yeah. over the top, where the guys are stealing bases just to get the fuck away from him. So he talked to his teammates, guys pitching. Hey, Tim, you're doing fantastic. I'm so proud of you. Every pitch. Hey, shut the fuck up. You know, they're, they're like they're driving, driving everybody crazy. Guys on my team can get yeah. a hit. Hey, that was a beautiful stroke. I mean, you should be really proud of that hit. That was fantastic. Just nonstop. And the kids are gonna look at me and go, "Is this guy fucking with me, or is he he's sincere?" Is he sincere? Yeah. And I go, "He's a he's a hundred percent sincere." So, kid on my team gets drilled right in the ass with a fastball. Oh. He comes to first base and he looks at me and goes, "Man, I just got hit with a fastball right in the asshole." 
and the kid goes to him, hey, man, your asshole's going to be fine. Now you're here with us. Good for you. You're doing good. You should be proud of yourself. Okay? So here we go. As the game goes on, bases yeah. base loaded, two outs, game's tied. Guy on our team's batting. He gets hit by a pitch. We win the game. All right? So his team's upset. Kid comes down to first base, and he goes, hey, man, you're the hero today. You should be really proud of yourself. I know that's not how you want to win it. But you know what? You stood in there and took that ball to win it for your team. Good job. And then all of a sudden you hear from the dugout, shut the fuck up, Tommy. Not today. Not today, Tommy. Just shut today. the fuck up. Hey, guys. I was like, dude, it was. How quick would you wear out in that? Dude, such a nice kid. He His was such a nice kid. So well. You know what? I was, uh, I, the only, my only regret, I didn't say, hey, Tommy, where are your parents? I, I yeah. literally was going to do like you and I always say, and everyone knows who, who's a parent, always knows. There's nothing better when someone comes up to you and says, hey, you, your right. boys are great, or I was watching your kids, and, and you should be really proud. As a parent, you want to hear great things about your kid. But yeah. that was one of those kids, dude, that just a super nice guy. But he's telling that guy, hey, your asshole's going to be fine. Now you're at first base with us. You're doing good. <laughs> Goddamn kids, man. Dude, uh, it's crazy, man. Circling back to Paddock. I wrote on Twitter yesterday, I was hanging out with my son, Cade, and I'm laughing because any chance I get to rip Dave on Twitter, half the time I enjoy it more than any of you do. And so uh, we're at lunch, and he goes, what are you doing? I go, hang on. I go, I got to write this tweet. (laughs) And he goes, what's up? And I go, uh... So I'm explaining to him the paddock thing, right? And I go, he's had like back-to-back bad outings. I go, he's just been bad. But I go, hang on. So I go, okay, I like this. He goes, what'd you write? I said, uh, if I gave up on Dave Palais after two bad outings, this show would have ended August 2nd, 1998. <laughs> and he goes, when was, how many shows had you done at that point? I go, two. He goes, oh, my God. Oh, my God, Dad. Did he think it was mean? Because it was. He didn't like it at all. Good. He goes, Love that oh, kid. He laughed. <laughs> he goes, oh, God. He goes, how quick will Dave sit? I go, look, like 10 people already liked it. <laughs> and he's laughing. He goes, oh, my God, that's so mean. He goes, it's so funny, but it's so mean. I go, I go look, it's like 15 people. They all agree. <laughs> And I go, you know, it's cool. They all realized that the first show was August 1st, Kate. Isn't that cool? They, no. He goes, oh, my God. That's so mean. He loved that kid. He did. <laughs> he loved you. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, like, 10 minutes later, right, I have a very close friend who lives in Toronto. And he goes, what do you think Joe would say about that? <laughs> He's making fun of her. Get her. I go, no, that's mean. Because, oh ah, it's funny. It's good. But it is, Dave. It's the one thing that as a parent, when you see your buddy's kids, right? And we've, we've seen it. We saw it with Josh. We saw it with Jake. See it with Tof Costa. My buddies um, watching their kids grow up right now. It's yeah. just, it's the coolest thing. Yeah. Like you just, you take so much pride in that. I, I've got a quick video game review yeah. for you. Go ahead. Um, it's been the one fun thing that we have done is my sons and I told you the Padre team, we built that, they won the world series, but we have moved on to Madden 21, 20, yeah. whatever the new one is. Okay. 
And so uh, I, I, my son, Cade, goes online. He goes, man, the reviews suck. This game is going to be really bad. I go, well, I haven't bought Madden in like four years, but we can play at SoFi and you can play the Vegas Stadium. I go, let's just check it out. It's unbelievable. The How graphics on this game are unbelievable. Yeah. So we did the same thing that we did with the Padre game, and we built an all-star Raiders team. So you're the tight end. My son Jack's the running back. Uh, we we got all kinds of – we did like a, a fantasy draft, so we got a bunch of players. And then we just started – they allow you to go in and edit the players so you can change the name. We made my brother the punter, <laughs> which he found very disrespectful. It is. And then uh, – so Costa's a linebacker. He's just yoked. You're the tight end. Cool. Cade's playing wide receiver. We put a couple of our other friends in the game. And then uh, just because it just made me laugh because Steve Woods was so nice. And I think it was three years ago today. Hannah stepped in and said, Bo's on the way. You're done with your PS4. Remember that? Yep. And I think we had just met him and he was at Bubba's garage. Yeah, that's right. And I, he goes, dude, I got to sell it. I go, you know what? My kids now are nine, and I'll buy it. And Steve sold it to me for like 200 bucks. He yeah. was great. $450. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no. I'm just Steve, joking. Like, Steve, he, he no, yeah. he was super cool. My kids use it all the time. And it was so funny looking at that. And I just was like, I don't, I don't know that Steve's a Raider guy. You are, I am, Costa is. But I said, uh, I said we have to we have to put Steve on, and it was such a pleasure making him the right guard. <laughs> oh fuck! Do I owe him, Dave? Do I need to? Do I need to make him a linebacker? Uh, do I need to change him out? Leave him there until he complains. The right guard. Yeah, late he late fucking late. hooked us up with the PS4. That's so so disrespectful. But I would just say, for any parent, yeah. If you're if you have boys that are in that range anywhere, I don't think my kids really were into it at nine. Yeah. But if they're in that range from eleven and they're to thirteen or fourteen, and you're stuck at home and you're doing Zoom classes and everything else, these goddamn the Padre game or the MLB game with the new Padres and that Madden game are so my other my sons love the NBA games too. Just go in there and create a roster and put your kids in the middle of the lineup oh, yeah. and then load it up with Kawhi Leonard or LeBron yeah. or Steph Curry or on baseball. Shit, this Padre team's so loaded. Yeah. You can just change it out. You can leave Machado and Tatis. You can trade for Clevenger and, and trade Hedges. But if you do that with your kids, uh, it just, I don't know, it's been a blast. Cool. We laughed the whole time. And uh, and they're enjoying it, but I wanted to congratulate you and Costa and oh, Stevie funny. Woods for being a member of the 2020 uh, soon-to-be Super Bowl champion Las Vegas Raiders. That is funny. I got uh, real quick. We um, when I was driving back from Phoenix yesterday, I was thinking because most of those drives I did at Phoenix, I did with Jake. I did them mm-hmm. when Josh when he played, and then Jake and I have done them for ten years together. So it's always it's a sad drive. It's a sad right. drive driving there and driving home, and so. I was driving back yesterday, and I was I was thinking a few years ago. I was driving back from um, 
Arizona by myself. <clears throat> I might have been with Josh at the time, but Jake was was here in San Diego. He was a, he was a little kid. He, I think he was like seven years old. <clears throat> and we, um, it was, I got caught in one of the speed traps. If you ever been to Arizona, oh, yeah. they used to have those the lights that would flash a picture of your license plate, show how fast you're going. By you get, Gila Bend. Uh, no, no, this was actually by by the stadium. As, as we're watching the Diamondbacks Dodgers right oh. now, I drove right by the stadium. So. My buddy Brian got a ticket the day before. He said that flashed on him. It was 65, then drops to 55, then 65. I mean, it's a complete scam. Yeah. So my buddy Brian tells me, he goes, dude, I just got a ticket delivered to my house for 400 bucks. And I said, fuck, I go, that thing flashed on me too. He goes, dude, you're going to get a ticket also for $400. So I told my kids, if somebody comes to the door, I'm not here. Next day, someone comes to the door. Jake answers the door, and they go, "Is uh, you know David Pallet here?" Yeah. And Jake goes, "Man, my dad died last month coming back from Arizona in a car accident." And (laughs) and the guy just turned around and walked away. I never got the fucking ticket. I never got the ticket. Jake just fucking made up this bullshit story. It was horrible, and uh, he saved me four (laughs) hundred dollars. I mean, if listen, uh, that kid made an impact. Uh, in my life, I, I I could speak for hours. That's one of the greatest. Like, I, I like to think I'm pretty quick on my feet. That is, he was a young dude. Yeah, he was like seven years old. He dropped that line. And, yeah. Yeah. That, that's what put that kid in the Hall of Fame immediately. <laughs> that's what put him in the Hall of Fame goddamn immediately. Uh, oh, one yeah. other thing, yeah. too. Because you probably came right through it. Man, we have so many friends that have been impacted by these brush fires. Yeah. Uh, just sincere. It just is terrifying, man. And and my kids and I were out the other day, and we, we stayed out of harm's way. But it was Saturday. The, the one thing you never want to do is get up anywhere near where those things are at. I I tell you, Dave, I don't like, and maybe it's the old guy get off the grass. I I don't think so, though. I I don't understand the need for Channel 8 or KUSI or anybody else to stand in front of a burned-down house. I find that incredibly disrespectful to the people that lived in that house that had memories, kids were there, birthdays were there, and I don't get any further impact from that i just find that insanely invasive and i would like to see that change i i don't i saw they had one the other day and it's channel 10 and they're out in front then you pan to the left and here's the garage with two cars and you're like damn if that's the family you you know that it's our house yeah and for the loss that you've been through for for all of us, we all deal with loss. But I just as homeowners, we talk about it with Brian and, yeah. and everything you do, man. There's it's a it's a different kind of excitement. It's not like when your kids are born. But when you get the keys to that house and you become a homeowner, it's pretty wild. Yeah. And I just when I see that and these homes that are impacted and goddamn, you see these Neighbors coming together and standing on fences with or on roofs with garden hoses. You're just it just puts a knot in your throat. And and I just wish these news stations you can stand at the end of the block. If you're down at the end of the block and we're seeing everything, that's fine, I guess. But it's just when you feel the need to stay in front of one person's home. Why? 
it, man, it sucks. You're you're absolutely right. I, I was obviously I was gone when everything was happening. Josh kept sending me pictures, and then right I saw from it. here. Yeah, you right? could see it. Yeah, right across the street, you could see it from the Alpine. But it looked like from the picture, it was right behind yeah. my neighbor's house. But then I'm looking at Judd on Instagram, oh. and I mean, it, you can see it right there, man, right next, right outside Mugs. his window. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's why I was going to ask you. I'll just ask you on there. Mud, I heard, didn't do a game this weekend. Was it because he was trying to protect his house? Do you know? I didn't bother him because I felt like they were trying to take care of everything. It's the one thing that I, I wanted to see. And so my kids, because Judd's out there in Alpine, Stevie Dolan's out there, Mud's out there, you're just kind of wondering where the impact is. And it felt like it was more, like it was kind of wild because we're over in El Cajon and just trying to figure out, hey, do we have anybody that's impacted and do they need help? And it felt like, Dave, if you were going out, do you, you know where that Hamul Casino is? Yeah. Okay. So if you're going out, whatever that road, it might be Campo Road. feels like that's... You Campo. can literally, yeah, but you can, I mean, for my house, it's 15 minutes away, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But it's weird because we were over by Steel Canyon High School. Yeah. And it felt like it was directly east of us. And then, but then, like, if you went out by Alpine, it still felt like it was west. It felt like it was kind of northwest. I don't know. Um, I I don't feel, though, like it was um, in Mud's part of Alpine. I think Mud said a few times. But somebody in this audience knows somebody that was impacted. 100%. And I just... I couldn't be more sincere. I know Dave feels the same way when we just say how truly sorry we are. I hope, I just hope I get it, right? You can rebuild, but memories that happened within those four walls, man, heartbreaking. And it's Santa Ana's rolling in. Then that shit in San Bernardino. I don't know if you saw this because you were driving, but the fire in San Bernardino was started by a gender reveal. They shot off a gender Was reveal. Was that true? I, th- yeah. I thought that had to be a fake story. That's no. real. Holy shit. Now, if you're the guy who set that off, I think you can be held accountable, yeah. right? The county or the city can come after you. And at the last time I saw, I think it was 47,000 acres. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, you may want to borrow smart. <laughs> because you're going to be repaying smart for a long time. Like, I saw guys uh, in PB. The other night, when it's 95 degrees by the beach and they're blowing off fireworks. Wow. Like, what? Oh, God yeah. damn, man. Dude, but, I saw some asshole walking his dog in 124 degree heat the other day. That's it, terrible. That's ridiculous. You're yeah. burning the fuck out of that dog. God damn. Yeah. Man, I don't I don't get any yeah, of that. Yeah, I'm like, that dog's barefoot, you dipshit. I was so pissed yeah. off seeing that. Yeah. yeah. It's fucking nuts. All Crazy. right. Speaking of uh, borrowing smart, repaying smart. That poor kid's going to file bankruptcy before he's born, just on his gender yeah. reveal. Dan Williams is the guy, is the first numbers he needs to know. Dan Williams can help you get out of debt. Here's the deal. You call Dan, he'll get you out of the rental market, help you find your own home. He's the guy to help you with your finances. Again, Dan's number is 858-688-6813, 858-688-6813. Man, it is such an important lesson to have because... I saw Dan posted on social media the other day that rental prices are starting to come down. Well, they're still high. It's like gas prices, yeah. right? When they start telling us 
that the gas prices are coming down. You go, well, that's good. What do we go to? Well, we went from 379 to 374. You're like, what? I got a 10 gallon tank. I saved 50 cents. Fantastic. <laughs> I can get six Jolly Ranchers when I check out at AM PM. Uh, you got to be able to set yourself up financially no matter what you want to do. It's crazy, Dave. I told you. Having the financial ability to buy a new computer for work changed everything. And then just being able to buy a new bed. Yeah. And all of a sudden you walk around and you go, God damn, I don't feel like I need a hip replacement anymore because I actually got a bed. Those are all fine. But the ultimate goal is to be able to buy a house. And and to do that financially, maintaining your credit, it's all stuff that Dan's going to help you with. I mention the book all the time, Borrow Smart, Repay Smart. It's just absolutely brilliant. So well read, uh, so well written, excuse me. It's such an easy read. Uh, highly recommend it. Give Dan a call. Tell him Dave and Jeff sent you. 2020 has been bad in a lot of ways, but if we can get you on track to financial security, uh, that can be a good thing. We could turn this negative into a positive. And Brian Curry is the guy you're going to call to buy that perfect home. Right now is a great time to buy a house. Also a great time to sell a house. Very rare right now. But Brian Curry is the broker you need to talk to. Been selling real estate all over San Diego County for almost 25 years. Been with Caldwell Banker for a long time. And again, he's a certified negotiation specialist. Make sure you call our friend Brian Curry when you're looking for that perfect home in that perfect neighborhood. His number is 619-251-1588. 619-251-1588. How many neighborhoods did we X off the might move their list over the weekend? Oh, when you drove around, I was in Carlsbad. Is 95 in Carlsbad. You're like, I wow. can't move anywhere east of the 101. <laughs> it's too hot. I'm dying. I, even, I, didn't even, I went up Vulcan. I'm like, God dang. I think I have vertigo. <laughs> got to pass out. Uh, Jesus. And then you look at all these. How many streets did you hear over the last couple of days where you're like, where? Yes. Different. And I'm so sick of these arrogant newscasters talking to you chiquetto oh this is all going on right down in the uh dominguez valley you're like where the fuck's dominguez valley <laughs> carlos is like oh let's go live john howard sitting down here at uh, turner falls john what's going on yeah we're here at turner falls like, where the fuck is turner falls where is this shit I've lived here 30 years i need brian curry to find me my dream home we may have to do a drive-by, not tonight. Like, break it down. You ever see that shit? Yes. Makes me crazy. <laughs> oh, we're down here at Woods Clean Balls. Uh, let's go live, Sean Siles. Yeah, we're here at Manscaped Avenue. Interscape <laughs> Woods Balls. Yeah, it's hot. Back to you, Carlo. <laughs> Anyways, I'm watching all this shit over the weekend. And I'm like, well, the list just got a lot more narrow for BC. Hey, Jeff, I'm uh, over Turner Falls. That's a shithole, buddy. We're going to get the hell out of here. Over. Fine with me. Hot. Look at that. Looks like John Howard's camped out down there. Don't think this is where you want to be, buddy. Not safe for the kids. Over. <laughs> I don't know why John being there would not be safe for the kid. <laughs> He's a good Aztec. I don't know if Brian's got a good shot of Howard. I'll vouch for John. God. Hey, John. Come on in. Nice to see you. Shut up. You brought a pizza all the way no. from the Valhalla area? No. 
<laughs> He's a Tommy's guy. What the hell's the matter with you? Hey, Jeff, uh, double check that. That was not uh, John Howard we saw over. It was the late coach of the White Shadow, Ken Howard. <laughs> Cleaned it up over, and it was a uh, memorial to the late, great Ken Howard. Nothing wrong. Bring the kids. Bring the family. We're safe. Tell Dave we didn't like his joke. Over. Uh, but, man, as you're trying to find that dream home, yeah, you're going to find it. And guess what you're going to want in the backyard, Dave? Plenty of acreage for this next guy. Exactly right. You need that brand-new swimming pool. It's been so fucking hot. You know you guys wish you had that swimming pool. We told you it was going to get worse. We told you September is the worst month of the entire year. It has been extremely hot all over San Diego County. It's only going to get hotter the rest of the month. You're going to wish you had it. And then next year, if you don't do it, you're going to say, man, well, I should have listened to Dave and Jeff nine months ago. But we're telling you right now, here's the answer to the test. You call Taylor May Pools. Alan Taylor is waiting for you at 619-449-4452, 619-449-4452. You know why it's so important that you buy? Because I have family members that are on HOA boards. One family member is fighting to get their community pool open. The other family member on a different HOA is like, we're not going to open the community pool. And so if you live in one of their areas, you might get the pool back, but it's going to look like Mission Bay yesterday, where it looked like 100,000 people were camped out at the bay. Or you could live on the other side of town, and that community pool is never going to open. That's why you got to get your finances straight from Dan Williams. Let Brian Curry help you find the perfect house. And then let Al Taylor come in and build the pool. Because when it gets to 125 outside, you can do one of two things. You can swim or you can hard boil eggs right there in the corner of the pool. Everybody loves egg salad. But you don't have to worry about some power-hungry HOA president, Kim Dotson, trying to shut down the pool. I'm like, open the goddamn pool. Take it easy over there. What are you doing? Tell her, you're Power drunk. She goes, I am. No pool. No pool. <laughs> but Jack and Kate's mom's like, we're going to open the pool. I'm like, that'll be great. Kids will be peeing in there in two days. <laughs> Get your own pool. And like they said in Flamingo Kid, don't pee in the pool, Jeffrey. Uh, Al Taylor, you can see them on our website, DaveAndJeffShow.com, under the sponsor page. Look at them right now. And then I want you all to take a minute to self-reflect on all the bad decisions you made. Number one, not listening to us. <laughs> Gonna have a pool. And every time I look up, another news anchor this weekend, it's yes. that crazy Barbara Lee Edwards. How about that? How about Dude, that? Dude, she's doing before and after from like 30 years ago. She's, her and Kathleen Bade continue to be two of the coolest people in San Diego. And I'm like, hey, thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Kyle Fluger's your guy for that brand new website. Jeff's working on brand new websites all the time with Kyle, different ideas they're going over, but he's helping us with three great ones. Again, Kyle Fluger's the guy to help you either start a brand new website or kickstart the one that you already have that's not working. 619-500-6621, 619-500-6621. Dave, I think we can make a million bucks a month if we have Fluger stop sitting back watching old Chip Carey videos <laughs> and we get doucheoftheday.com up and running. In Encinitas, who the fuck in Encinitas voted that for 101, the right lane down Coast Highway is now for the bikers? So they basically made Coast Highway a one-lane road. Wow. And then you got these assholes in spandex. Left, left, <laughs> left. <laughs> 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 ah! 
They all got that fucking Dennis Mir taped to their helmet. Left, left. Like, what the fuck happened in my hometown? <laughs> but or or people that can't park, or Kaplan. Dave, I know you're a big fan of Sided. Kaplan had a funny one today. Who's more annoying, loud motorcycle guy or stinky cigar guy? <laughs> you go, that's pretty good. But if we could just, hey, hold still right there. Ch-ch-ch. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, you're going on douche of the day.com. Thanks. I just, want, <laughs> I just won a $25 gift certificate to uh, Cali Comfort. When we launch douche of the day.com, we're going to be rich. I'm going to be rich, Jerry. <laughs> All right, here we go. How old are they and how much are they worth? We're Oof. going September 8th. Okay. okay. Got some big ones here. We're going with Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders flew private. Didn't make people too happy there. Man of the people. Uh, is he 72? 79. What? That's what it says, 79. Yeah, goddamn. I, we were going to vote the 80-year-old guy Dude, in? everyone's old. What's Trump, 74? Isn't fucking Biden like the same age? 80. Yeah. Wow. That's what I'm saying. What the hell's happening here? I think Bernie's got some dough. I'm going to say $100 million. Dude, $2 million. Itself. Bullshit. You know, he, he flies private. Yeah, he had, dude, he's spending all on planes. Dude, you know it's not $2 million. Dude, bullshit. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> bullshit. That's like Nikita Koloff is really Russian. No, he's not. <laughs> From Minnetonka. All right, Pink. How old is, oh. how old is Pink? Pink used to be pretty cool. Now she's a little bit on the, all right. I, I like Pink. She she intimidates the shit out of me. But yeah. I like her. Um, pink, 44. 41. Wow. Probably worth some dough. I think she's going to be worth $30 million. $200 million. Holy shit. Yeah. Good for her. $200 million. I will say this. Years ago. God, this has got to be. I don't know, 20 years ago, man. She played in Del Mar at the fair. We were kind of hanging out at the fair, and yeah. she was there. And she had an all-female backing band. They were insanely good. Like, I don't know, Dave. There's there's a couple of chicks that I would probably just drop everything for. But you see some of these chicks that play drums, rock and roll, yeah. and like Pink's band. I was like, I was ready to just... That was it. I was just going to be a roadie for them. Or a, uh, what do they call that? Groupie. Get a van. Yeah. Just get a van and a cooler <laughs> full of Pacifico and just fucking load that shit up. Just follow those chicks all around. Base mic check. One, two, one, two. Who the fuck are you, dude? Get out of here. They just pepper spray me. Ah! <laughs> Who the fuck are you? <laughs> I'm uh, I'm Jagger. I'm your new roadie. Base Mike, check one two. <laughs> All right. I'm a, okay. So here you go. Two more on here. One, I'm not Did sure. You call me a moron? No. I said here you, here you go. Fucking ass. I didn't say go ahead. I didn't. You said two moron. <laughs> Fuck is that? Fuck you. What the hell were the name of those? The brothers. <laughs> The Hanson brothers. When Jeff and I had the Hanson, had one of the Hanson brothers on at KFMB. Yeah, we told him, go ahead. Who called me a goat head? Yeah. <laughs> the interview was going great till all of a sudden he screams out, who called me a goat head? 
weird time. He goes, I'll remember you. That was funny as shit. He was all mad. That was was funny as shit. I'll remember you. Like, what? I didn't say anything. Yeah, keep talking. Right, <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you know the mu- magician, mu- magician, musician Wiz Khalifa? Yes. Okay. How old? How much? Didn't he do? Uh, he's on the Fast and Furious song, right? With uh, about uh, Paul Walker. Oh fuck, he might be. I think I, he is. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, Forty-four. Thirty-three. Oh shit! My apologies, Wiz. <laughs> Um, big dough. I'm gonna say 115 million. It says 60 million dollars. Ah, All right, last one on here. Um, ah, fuck. I didn't look it up. How much it's worth? I'll, I'll let you do the guess, and I'll look it up while you're doing it. All right, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Do you remember him from Home Improvement? <laughs> yeah. Did this? We're all gonna feel old right now, right? Yes, you will. I'm gonna say he's 40. Dude, 39. Uh, how about that? How much is he worth? What do they pay at Lowe's? Dude, what the fuck? That guy was on the cover of every magazine, remember? Yeah. What happened to him? And then he's like the kid from Jerry Maguire. Yeah. Dude, he has some money, though. Or Adam Rich. <laughs> Adam Rich, yeah. Uh, He probably made some dough. He did. Let's say uh, $20 million. $16 million. Well, that's good. All right, here we go. Five questions. You don't know which questions I'm going to ask you, so I'm just going to fire five questions at you. Four of the five are Padre questions. All right. As good as the Padres are playing, do you feel cheated that the fans can't be at Petco Park this year? Uh, No, because it's a bigger picture. I mean, it would would be a blast, but we'll get everybody squared away. And Listen, it's been so fun. Orsillo and Mud have done a great job. Ted and Jerry. uh, Ted and Jerry. Jesus Christ. Ted and Jesse. Have done a great job. So, no, it would be really fun, but um, but I think we've all kind of settled in and kind of gotten used to what sports are like in 2020. All right, not counting the Dodgers. Who's the one team in the National League you don't want the Padres to face in the playoffs? It, huh. Cubs. Cubs, that scary the most? Yeah. Not bad. I mean, you I got, mean I, I'd put Dodgers. I mean, yeah. I, I think that would be great, though. I think there's animosity between those teams. The Cubs team's pretty good. I, although I got to be honest, Dave, I haven't seen. I mean, I've been looking at National League West. Uh, I'll tell you about the NHL in just a second because he asked me last week. But um, uh, I think the Cubs would be that team. It would be pretty good. The Cubs, I agree with you. We got you, Darvish, has been so fucking good. It's crazy. You right? I mean, right. he's 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 not Shane Bieber, but man, he's been really fucking good. Yeah. Um. All right, I'm going to throw this. I'm going to make up a question here that I've written down, but I'm going to throw it at you right now. Do you think that Dodger Padre series in the next five years becomes the number one TV attraction? Does it pass like Red Sox Yankees? No, but I think locally it'll be insane numbers. Just because the fact that you're looking at all those games that start at 10 o'clock Eastern and for the major media markets, right? Even starting at 9 o'clock, when you look at New York, Boston, Philly, Chicago, Miami, those are huge media markets. But I think on a local level, meaning Southern California and the West Coast, man, it will finally be what we've always thought it was. Yeah. But the Dodgers have kind of never been disrespectful, but I think they kind of looked at it more with the Giants. Where San Diego was there, but I think think it becomes a legit – 
old school Leonard Duran fight. I think it'll be really fun. If the Padres don't win the World Series this year, how important are the individual awards like MVP for Tatis, Rookie of the Year for Cronin? I Award? think they're great. I really do. I think they're great. I think after the way last year ended with the frustration, Tatis being hurt, Andy getting fired, Machado not performing, Myers coming into that deal where um, Hosmer was, just all the questions. I really do. I, I think ultimately, yeah, if, if this team – gets beaten too straight in a best of three, then that would be a huge drag. But look, we needed a little bit of excitement in this town. We needed something to cheer for. Uh, Everybody does across the country. But what they've done for San Diego, seven grand slams, I mean, unbelievable from that team. So, no, as far as they go, uh, we want them to go far. But. But there is a little bit of it where you feel like they're playing with house money. All right, last question. NBA players, they love Doris Burke. If Doris uh-huh. Burke wanted it, will you throw one? 100%. <laughs> I think she's great. I think she's – and the thing is, Dave, I'm not a huge NBA fan, so I'm not going to sit there and try to tell you the insight that she brings to the game. I, To me, man, she just seems like she's cool. Yeah, she seems cool. Yeah. Um, you asked me last week about the NHL, and yeah. I hadn't really been paying attention. A couple of great stories, maybe not the biggest media markets. On the West, I believe the team I picked way back at the start, Las Vegas, is in it, and they are in it against the Dallas Stars. Pretty interesting, uh, really good series going back and forth between these two teams. We thought... Um, that Vancouver may get in. They were playing really good, but ultimately it's Vegas that gets in. Vegas against Dallas in the West. Fascinating story there because Marc-Andre Fleury has been the face in a lot of ways of the Vegas Knights, and Robin Lerner has come in and played very well replacing Marc-Andre Fleury. So that's the battle for the West. The battle in the East is Tampa Bay, who I think I had in there too. But, Dave, they are playing the New York Islanders. And what makes that Islanders team so fascinating, and probably the team out of the four that I'm cheering for, is the Islanders have been an absolute disaster for, gosh, 20 years in the NHL. Terrible ownership. Mike Milbury was a horrible GM. They went to Barclays Center. Barclays Center's got terrible sight lines. I mean, if you are an Islander fan, it has been an incredibly difficult road for a long, long time. But now they're building a brand new part, a brand new arena, and the new arena is going to be open in, I think, two years. But the Islanders did something that was unbelievable. And when the Washington Capitals won the Stanley Cup two years ago, Barry Trotz, who had been the former head coach, had done a great job for Nashville, goes up to Washington, wins the Stanley Cup with the Capitals. He becomes a free agent, and Trotz signs with the Islanders. The Washington Capitals in the two years since have lost in the first round of the playoffs, and they just fired the guy that they thought, ah, we could just bring his top assistant in and nothing matters. And son of a bitch, a Barry Trotz, who did so good with Nashville, wins a Stanley Cup, with the Washington Capitals, doesn't have the New York Islanders, who have been the Washington Generals of the NHL for 20-plus years, in the Final Four. If you're not 
uh, an NHL fan, I just think that would be a fantastic story if they can go. They're matched up against a very good Tampa Bay team, so we'll see what happens. But that would be a team for all of you just to kind of watch. Uh, I know everybody may look – I mean, I don't know that anybody hates the Islanders, right? They're Nobody out on Long Island. No. But if you're like, hey, one team to watch right now – it's great because the Capitals didn't give the guy who wins you the Stanley Cup. They didn't show him any respect, and it's kind of like the Islanders couldn't buy any respect, and Barry Trotz ended up there. Fuck the Dallas Stars. <laughs> they broke the heart of Minnesota. Vegas is kind of a cool story. I don't story. like Vegas. You don't? No, just because I felt like there are a lot of franchises, and you know as a Kings fan, yeah. waited a long fucking time to get your chance. I mean, they're brand new. And yeah. this is their second run. Well, and they hired George McPhee, who had been the general manager in Washington, and another guy who got run out. So if you're a Capitals yeah. fan, you're looking at your former GM who built that Vegas team and your former head coach, who's the Islanders. It would be pretty wild yeah. if those two ended up matched against each other. But the NHL has been really, really good. And now they're playing uh, basically every night, about 5 o'clock. They're usually on NBC Sports Network. I think um I think I think Vegas was one and Dallas was three in the West, so pretty good. The Islanders were sixth, and I think Tampa was one or two coming out of the East. So that's really good. But um definitely worth checking out if you see it. But yeah, if you go, hey, give me a give me a team to to jump on and just be a, a bandwagon fan for a couple of weeks. Uh, do it with the Islanders, man. It would really be a great story for hockey. If you remember back, Brian Trottier, Mike Bossy, Dennis Potvin, yep. those sports Clark Gillies, Knuckles yep. Nystrom, all those guys. And, man, has that fan base. We think we've suffered as Padre fans. Boy, those Islander fans have really, really suffered. If they could find a way to get in uh, to the cup and get into the finals, it would be great. But they definitely have their work cut out for them with a really, really good – uh, Tampa Bay team. All right, so we'll be back tomorrow. We'll be right back here tomorrow. Jesus. God damn it. It's like a full-time show. All right. Too much. We'll be back tomorrow. So let